0: This is the Inner Glow Getter podcast. In this space we talk about leaning into your dreams and building epic businesses with heart, integrity, authority, intentionality, impact, and even with a small online community. It's for the woman or the man who desires to do things differently. They are also deeply reflective, maybe introverted, intentional souls who yes want their own financial abundance but they also know they are here to create a powerful ripple effect through the work that they do we talk about the strategy the energetics and the mindset my aim through this podcast is to bring to you empowering conversations with new knowledge that light a fire within you on this entrepreneurial journey Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to bring it to you. Obviously, there's a new intro to the podcast and we are going in the direction of businesses. We are creating amazing businesses. We're leaning leaning into technicolored lives. So um, the guests are going to reflect that and there's going to be more and more potent conversations about starting businesses and yeah, about the nitty-gritty of that journey. I'm bringing on amazing guests that are really like the one thing that I've said before I bring them on is are you prepared to talk about the nitty-gritty we're getting honest we're getting real so yeah the conversations are definitely going to be reflecting that going forward so I also want to mention the fact that there are three ways to work with me for the rest of this year and the start of next year so Two of them are on a one-to-one coaching VIP basis, and this is the 30-day pivot boot camp. This focuses in, on your messaging, your VIP offer, and your strategy, the strategy that you are only meant to follow and approach and use as your approach. And then the second way to work with me on a one-to-one basis is with my pivot like a profesh. This is a four-month coaching experience. This is intensive. This is about taking you from zero K to replacing your previous corporate or nine to five income through to scaling to that 10 K point. So this is, yeah, this is intensive. It is focusing on everything within my rogue wave method. So if either of those of interest to you, you can go onto my IG bio or into the um, caption of this podcast. And there is a link to in a connection call with me. Equally, there is a um, link to my website, which has more description about both of those offers. The other way to work with me is going to be next year. And that is from the 5th of January. And this is a group program and we're calling it the planned pivot. So this is yeah my group program. Again, this is about taking you from zero K to replacing that income and putting a plan in place so that you can scale to 10 K months as well. And yeah, again, this is focusing in on your messaging, the strategy, the strategy that only you are meant to follow. Um, and also the message that only you are meant to share. And something that I am really um, positive about and really excited about is, yeah, sharing with my clients exactly what approach is meant to work for them and looking at their personality, looking at the way they operate and then finding approaches and strategies that work exactly for that so that they can show up to that strategy with ease um, every day, which is really the most important thing when you're building a business to develop that compound effect where you are showing up, showing up, showing up, and then um, seeing the results as well as you implement every day. So I can't wait to jump into this week's episode. If um, if any of those ways of working with me sound of interest, also just drop me a DM and we can have a chat. I love to voice notes. We can have a chat about whether it is the right fit for you. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Would you be able to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me on, Kayla. I'm excited to be here. Um, my name is Jamie Morocco. I am the founder of the Dream Body, Dream Life Academy, and I help women all over the world achieve the body that feels of highest alignment to them. And I, I teach them how to trust themselves to keep it for the rest of their life.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, before, obviously before we hit record, we'd like chatted a few times and like, we connected over the fact that, and I'm like, I don't hide this at all, but I was in a previous niche before this one, I was in um, intuitive movement and like aligning with your menstrual cycle. So like, yeah, definitely. We're so aligned in that way. And so much to chat about um, when you say people and women in the highest alignment, what does that mean? I'd love to dive into that.
1: Yeah. You know, I've really, you know, done a lot of work on my message and also my branding and aligning that with what I truly, what I feel to be true within my heart. And I feel like there, when it comes to like the fitness and weight loss industry, there are two camps. There's either like diet culture, yeah, and like anti-diet culture. And I feel like both camps kind of have their own set of rules. And if you don't fall within either one, it, you almost feel like, oh my gosh, like, am I being bad? Am I doing something yes, like I should yes. be? So I'm really about saying, look, we got to look within what feels of highest alignment to you as it pertains to your health, your weight, your internal health goals, your aesthetic goals, all of that is okay and every single woman has permission to figure out what that means for her and she also deserves the tools and resources to be able to get that. So when i say the body that's of highest alignment, it that's going to be individual to each and every woman and it's really my job as a coach and a mentor to help people look inwards at their inner guidance
0: and, and then give them the game plan to get to where they want to be. I love that. Yeah. Cause so many PTs are like, I'll help you get the athletic body. I'll help you get the strong body. And then it's, you know, it's quite defined in that way. <laughs> and then, yeah. And as, especially you don't always know which body you actually want to work towards or what will actually feel good as well.
1: A hundred percent. And that's, I think that's so much. And I actually wrote a blog post about this today, but you know, if the goal we have to make sure that it's actually ours and it comes from our hearts versus like something that somebody said or we found in a magazine or we heard like 10 years ago from an ex-boyfriend, right? Like it's it's a lot of like tuning in and being like, okay, like if I'm gonna put a pin in the sand and say this is where I'd like to go. Is that really true in my heart?
0: Yeah, definitely. I love how you said also that like there's there's two aspects of the and like personal trainers who might be listening to this or health coaches might be aware of that too, like the two camps. And I think the like anti-diet culture camp is probably a bit smaller than the diet one, would I be right? Yeah. And <laughs> I think one of the things that I found when I was in that niche is because like you, I had like a really unique message and it was, it was very specific and it was, um, you know, aligning with your menstrual cycle, working with movement more intuitively. And sometimes I felt like I was just talking against a brick wall. Cause I was like, because sometimes, you know, there's like such strong brands out there, like Weight Watchers. Um, I actually love Barry's bootcamp. I think they're pretty good, but like, you know, there's like strong brands out there, probably Barry's bootcamp bad example, but anyway, you know what I mean? Have you found that in your, in terms of messaging and that I feel like I'm kind of talking to
1: like, like it's hard to get my message across.
0: Yeah. Oh, I guess like you, obviously you gained momentum now, but maybe at the beginning or a few years ago, it was like that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I really, in the beginning, when I started my journey, I thought that I had to fit a certain box and that I had to agree with everything that was in that box. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I deviated, like, it was almost like, oh my gosh, like now am I like, where do I belong? So I totally understand what you mean. Mm -hmm. And I really had to like, you know, go within myself because I don't, I've personally been on a body transformation journey in my life. And I've walked the walk and I've done the things and I've lost the weight and I kept it off. And then I healed my, I had a hormone imbalance and then I healed that. And then, you know, so I've, I only mentor on what I, I have walked through. So mm-hmm. when I was really evolving my message, when I was in the throes of trying to figure out where do I belong here? It was like, just listen to your heart, girl. Yes. <laughs> what, what was your truth? What is your truth? And just say that. You know, and that's when the magic really started happening.
0: Yeah. So. I think that's such a good point as well. Like, and something we discussed before we hit record as well. Like, yeah, I have a chronic hormone imbalance and have healed myself from it as well, like hypothyroidism. And my journey, like, what was it, almost 10 years ago, was going to the like totally obsessed, like counting every calorie, only eating salads. Um yeah, like doing like crazy running um, uh, competitions, like run 80K in a month. And and I would give myself such a hard time when it didn't work out and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And going to that, and it was kind of trial and error and realizing that did not work for me lifestyle wise. And like the stress was just, the stress that it caused was totally counterintuitive to the goal of like feeling good in my body ultimately. Like, did you have a similar journey with your healing? Totally. Journey? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So very similar story, um, to you. Um, mine wasn't hypothyroidism, but it was hypothalamic amenorrhea. Mm-hmm. So essentially, um, it, it was a combination of several things. Like I had been on the pill since a young age because of my periods and, um, I had lost 50 pounds over, you know, I did it in a sustainable way. Like I didn't do any drastic weight loss or anything, but I ran every day, Mm -hmm. right. I ran five miles a day and I never went like super, super, super low calorie, but I wasn't eating enough to sustain. And Mm -hmm. that really put my body into like fight or flight mode where it was like, Oh, like okay, we don't have enough food here. So we don't need a menstrual cycle because there's, you know, yeah. we want to stay in place, right? Mm. So, yeah, so that, so I went through that whole experience. I didn't get a menstrual cycle for like a decade, right? And then mm. I really had to focus on myself heal my hormones, um, and, you know, go through that whole journey. So I'm, you know, I'm, I don't regret any of it because it gave me such a deep understanding of like the body and bio-individuality and everything, but, yeah. but yeah, like I definitely, def- there was a period of time where I was definitely pushing my body to the limit and you the know, same, same experience as you had. And we saw the
0: repercussions of that, you know, yeah. so many women like us have this experience though, like, and different versions of it different hormone imbalances different things going on but like you know the the pattern is going to obsession and then finding our way back to something a bit more like quote-unquote balanced um yeah yeah, it's just so common isn't it like blows my mind and it's so normalized and I think it's like the messaging of the fitness industry in some way has a has a role to play in that I think like Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's the industry. I think it's um. I think it's society, especially. I grew up in like the, you know, I was a kid in like the '90s. Like I was born in the late '80s, and you know, we saw like Kate Moss, and like there was the whole like thin is in movement, and obviously that's going to impact the way that you think, especially as an impressionable, you know, child. And then I think things have changed, and it's so cool now to like walk into the mall and see mannequins of all shapes and sizes, like things we would never see like back then, but I still think that there are certain societal pressures that are there. Right. And I think that the fitness, there are elements of the fitness industry that, you know, support that. And that's why, you know, I'm so much about like, okay, if you're to really do some work and remove the pressure that you feel from society, even though it's hard. And if you're also to allow yourself to dream big and not go down the whole guilt and shame of wanting to lose weight, if that's what you want to do, what do you want? Right. Yeah. So it's like asking ourselves that question.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And like, I don't know where to go from here because there's so many things coming up, but Yeah, there's definitely like as a PT in the industry, I think I like constantly came back to like, oh, I knew if I just said like beach body, lose five kilos, like (laughs) get ready for summer in my messaging. I like, I knew there'd be people there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that's not, you know, and I think you and I both know this, but I think that that's a big reason because I've done so much research on this that like 97% of people who lose weight gain it back. And it, it's, it's not their fault. There's a lack of good information in the industry. And we always see these really attractive before and after pictures of like, Oh, look at what Susie did in like 90 days. But it's like what happened 90 days after that. Yeah. Right. So I think that people are starting to shift. You know, there are people in the industry like myself who are like, Hey, like, yes, like, sustainable weight loss might take a little bit longer, but it's more permanent. Right. And same thing in business, you know, like you could, you know, make a boatload of money overnight, but if you haven't done the work to actually know how to sustain that, hold that energy, right. It's going to be short lived. Right. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, that's such a good segue into, um, would you be able to tell us a bit about like your entrepreneurial journey, how you came into the industry, what what that looked like?
1: Totally. Yeah, definitely. So I actually went to college for entrepreneurship. It's actually a major here (laughs) in the United States, which is pretty cool. So I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and When I went through my body transformation journey, when I was 18, I started to have such a love for health and fitness because it really just skyrocketed my self-confidence and really helped me tune into my body. Mm. And, you know, I worked as a personal trainer. I worked my way up at a studio. Top classes, trained clients, did all of that, and I kind of worked my way up. And I was like, "There's nowhere for me to go from. Here. Like, there's no more growth left for me here." Yeah. So I ended up going back to school for my MBA, also in entrepreneurship, <laughs> and um, that landed me a job out in Silicon Valley in San Francisco. So that's where, like, you know, all the Facebook and the Twitter. I didn't work for those companies, but I was in that that industry. I was kind of in that space. And it's a very tumultuous job market. Like one day your company could be worth millions and billions. The next day you could not have a job. Like there's so many ups and downs. And, you know, I went through a few layoffs and in between those layoffs, I decided to start my online business because I was coaching, you know, people on the side and, you know, I was still doing the personal training thing here and there, but, but I wanted to reach more people with my message So I started my online business as I was working in tech. And then um, I remember looking at my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, and I was so miserable in my job because I think when we're entrepreneurs, like when you have it within you, not everybody does and that's okay. But when you have that fire in your belly and you're like, I know that I'm meant for something greater. You literally feel like every day that you're working for somebody else and you're not working on your <laughs> goal. Yes. You feel like there's this pull, right? Mm. So I was a, a state of immense unhappiness. I was probably depressed at the time. And I really, like, I was surprised they didn't fire me. Like I was, I mean, I would just like, I, I wasn't giving my all because my heart was somewhere else. I just wanted to work on my business, but it was hard mm. to compartmentalize. So I I remember saying to Varun, who's my husband, I was like, I'm giving it two weeks. If they don't fire me, I'm out. Like, that's it. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, hundred percent. Like I I will bet on myself every single day and I will just make this work, but I cannot work for anybody else anymore. Mm. So two weeks later, I kid you not, the company did a massive layoff and I worked in marketing. So marketing's always the first to go in the layoff. And you know, I ended up, um, getting a generous severance package, which helped me start my business and, you know, do that whole thing. So, you know, it sounds really, uh, you know, it sounds like, Oh my God, like that sounds so cool. It all happened. It definitely felt really cool, but it actually took me because that happened in 2016. I think it was the, it was a summer. It was like June or July or August. And I didn't actually start, I didn't have my first five figure month until December of 2018. Mm. It took me a long time for others. It takes longer for others. It takes shorter, Mm. but me and Maroon, we moved in with my parents because he actually started a business as well. We left San Francisco. We moved to Boston with my family and we lived with my parents for three and a half years to make it work. So, Like, you know, even though it sat like, it's like, oh, and then all of a sudden my business was a success. Like it was like grind time, you know, mm. and I'm grateful I, I did it. And I'm happy to chat more about whatever you'd like about that journey, because, you know, if I hadn't made that decision then, or if I hadn't been willing to make the sacrifice to move in with my parents at the age of 30 with, you know, my fiance, like, I wouldn't be where I'm at now and where I'm at now Mm. is like the dream. Like I'm, I I used to dream about this, right. There's still so much more I want to do, but like to be here now be like, it only took me that, like I would do it even if it took triple the amount of time. So Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love how you talk about like the inner fire of entrepreneur because yeah, I think like a lot of us, you know, in the alpha femme community as well. And like, and in marketing miracle, the program we're in now, like you can see that fire in each other. Like it's, you have a bad day. Sure. You have a bad couple of weeks. Sure. You have like a mindset um, block. You have a, you know, a limiting belief come up. You have a moment of insecurity, but they're just like dips, you know, it's not like a crash, go back to work, like go back to the corporate job or, Or whatever it is, or maybe you do part time and then keep going. But yeah, it's yeah, Mm.
1: yeah, yeah. I call that like no Plan B energy. Yes, (laughs) you know, where like you're just so committed to that outcome of what you want, where it doesn't matter what it takes or how long it takes or what you have to do. You just know that it's going to happen, and there is no other option. Yeah. So I, I I I use so much of that energy and tapping into that
0: in my body transformation journey and also in my entrepreneurial journey too. Yes, so true, so true. Yeah, I think I saw on Facebook today, someone said like, if you're treating your business like a side hustle, you'll get side hustle results. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so true. And I noticed like when I left corporate, the energy shift was like, I'm all in now. Like this is happening. Yeah. Totally, Mm -hmm. totally. (laughs) All cards on the table, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. And how did you feel? Like, it's, it sounds like you had like an incredible mix of experience that was like absolutely spot on for what you do now, like personal training, MBA, marketing. Um, did you find that the MBA like set you up for your own business?
1: Um. I mean, <laughs> being <laughs> back to my MBA year, it was like one of the most fun years. I partied so hard that year, but I my mean, uncle says always... the
0: same about his MBA. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. I mean, I freaking really partied that year. I was like 25 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, it's hard to say because I never regret any decision that I make. But is what I learned in MBA school the reason that contributed to, you know, any sort of success in my business? I mean, I could argue it either way, but it definitely was an experience that introduced me to some amazing people that are still my friends to this day, gave me amazing experience. And because of, I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. I got my MBA and because of that MBA, I went to San Francisco, which is where I met my husband, which is where, you know, I had the opportunity to be laid off and start my business. Right. So I don't know that like in the schooling sense, what I say, I can't remember anything about what in the MBA school, but I remember the experiences and the stepping stone. Lives of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. And there's like an authority, like, I've got an MBA around us.
1: not the whole thing, you know? But yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love what you said there about like, you got the opportunity to be laid off. Like, <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when things like that happen to us, our immediate place that our brain goes is like fear, like, oh my God, what will happen? Yeah. Um, but we'll be okay. Like you'll, like, you'll figure it out. You know, yeah. like when I got laid off, um, we were living in a high rise in San Francisco. That was in San Francisco prices at the time. were like, you get like a studio apartment for like a crazy amount of money and you're yeah. in a studio yeah. and I had student loan debt from my MBA. And like, yeah, I got a severance package that helped me, but it wasn't going to help me for the remainder of the time that, you know, our yeah. lease was So there was a lot of fear there, but you realize that like, you're, you're going to be okay. You know, you just got to keep going. You can't let it paralyze you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you get a taste of the fear, I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but it's like, you're like, Oh, this isn't so bad. Like I can walk with this still. Mm." Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last year when I was still full-time in corporate, um, and during COVID times, they, they started to do redundancies at my work. And I was literally like praying for a redundancy. I was like, me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my manager's quite cheeky. And I was like, so how about us? Like this department, what's coming on here? And then we were like, busier than ever, too many projects, hiring people. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> had to make the decision to leave instead of getting pushed out <laughs> Anyway, you know, it not yeah. happens for a reason right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. um in terms of I think the audience might be like really interested in um you said like you started off end of 2016 I think and then like the five was it the five figure month came um was it almost two years later yeah I can't do math well but I basically got laid off I
1: think it was like July of 2016 and then I yeah it was like two and a half
0: years later Mm. um and, and why do you think that is like that timing and you like you mentioned some people take shorter some takes longer and like I absolutely agree and like um I know I have like for me like um, I probably had that side hustle energy for a long time. That's why, like, I feel like I've been in entrepreneurship for like ten years, but it's been like two. <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> yeah. Um, I mean,
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I always think that it, like, it's kind of jarring to hear it, but I always think it, like, comes down like to ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. I. I feel that I it took time for me to find my voice and to feel confident in that voice. And yeah, you know we go like when I was starting out in my business, I was charging a very, very low price point. and I think when you are providing a service that has to do with somebody's body transformation, like if you sell at a very low price point, there's only some, like they don't have people don't have skin in the game. Yeah. Right. So I was still trying to, and I had to, and I also believe that and not charging a price point until I have stepped into that and I mm. can get behind that. Right.
0: Mm. So I
1: think that it was a lot, it was a lot of things, you know, it was really about finding myself and my voice and being confident, um, in how I communicate and deliver and, you know, all of that. I think that, um, you know, to be honest, I don't really wish that it even went any faster because there were Mm. so many things that had to happen along the way for me to be able to hold space and lead the women that I do now. Mm. Right. Like I can't, the women in my world now are just so powerful and so self-aware. And I don't know that I could have led them as powerfully. I I couldn't have led them as powerfully like back in 2016, you know, I wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, I had to go through all those experiences so that I can, you know, be the leader for them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like the same with with weight loss too. Like we were talking about, if it happens too quickly, how do you embody being like a, a 10K, 30K a month CEO when it just happened overnight? You haven't even had a moment to do the embodiment work and then you freak out. And like, you know, it's, I think sometimes that we disregard almost like those stepping stones and slow progressions that, you know, not, not that those yes. big quantum leaps can't happen. Cause I've surely had those too, but there's magic in like the slow progression of things sometimes.
0: Yeah. Gosh, I love, I love that reflection. I love your honesty. Thank you. Like, um, I think, yeah, two things that stood out there, like you say, you know, sometimes it takes time and that's, that's the journey and like stepping into like that confidence and that authority. And like, I've definitely had like a similar journey. It's taken a while to step into that. And like almost, it's not fake it till you make it, but like tapping back into like the expert that I had to be in corporate and remembering that, like how it was to like walk into a boardroom and that kind of thing, and then treat my business exactly the same way. Even though it's just totally. me at the helm, is terrifying. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love that you said that too. It, it is like a remembering because I actually, like you said, it's not like a fake it till you make it. I don't love that because Neither. it's like I don't want to anything.
0: It's like a it is a true remembering of personal power, right? Mm. So I love that, you put that exactly. Yeah, and what you're saying there about you know, I think we come into the industry and you're like, oh my god, okay, you know. 100k in 90 days 10k in five days all this kind of stuff and then roadmap to this and like yeah that's possible like you say quantum leaps are possible but it's probably the atypical results rather than the average results and um I don't want to lose my train of thought oh what was I thinking um the business model like we're not aware of the business models that are available and like (laughs) what actually adds up like this is my experience coming into the space like you know, I was like, oh, start a membership, not realizing, you know, if you're only charging, I don't know, 20 bucks, you need a lot of people to get that first five figure month. And when you're still, and taking it to growing an Instagram takes time. i like, hmm. Or a Facebook. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, totally. And I also think that we, you know, it's like, everybody says like, social media is a highlight reel and we all do it and there's nothing wrong with it, but for every person that says, Oh my God, I hit 20 K this month or 200 K this month. There are hundreds of other people that had a down month, you know, or like, you know, tried something and it didn't work, you know? So I think that, you know, because we see all of this all the time, I think that you bring up an interesting point and that's like, we can almost think that there's something wrong with us Mm -hmm. when we aren't, you know, Mm -hmm. also a what we see on our highlight reel, mm-hmm. you know? And that's actually something clients will say to me. I'm just being super vulnerable and honest right now, but clients will be like, Jamie, I feel like every other client is like losing weight this week, but me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hold on, you lost weight last week. And do you think that I'm going to go on social media and be like, so-and-so messed up here, did that or this or that? Like, I'm not like, that doesn't happen. Like, I'm not going to air somebody's no. dirty laundry you know? So I think that we have to remember that about social media, whether it's with weight loss or whether it's with business success, that it might seem like everybody but you is winning right now, but it's just because people aren't sharing because, you know, sometimes we don't want to share that stuff. We
0: want to work through it on our own. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why it's so nice to um sometimes be and like you know like what we're in now with Rebecca the content queen you know there's like people are like in that paid program people are just vulnerable they share like what's going on and like hashtag love me up and all of that
1: <laughs> totally and we're like oh wait she gets uh negative comments too she gets called out too okay oh, cool, cool like we're all in this together we've got this
0: yes yes <laughs> yes getting trolled yeah 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 yep, yep. all the things Oh, actually that's a good segue um have you found that you've had like negative comments and been trolled and like what has your been what has been your experience with them
1: oh my gosh totally um I have you know recently um you know I've been sharing more from my heart and I feel like when you do share from your heart you know it's polarizing right? Because when we're just vanilla and, you know, everything's hunky dory, like you're going to appeal to everybody, but nobody, you know, but when you, from your heart, the people that are drawn to that message are going to be like, yes, Mm. the people that are like, oh, are going to be like, no. So I definitely, especially when you start talking about women and weight and body, like I, I made a recent post and I was like, PSA, like, stop saying that your age is getting in the way of your weight loss. And the, the intention behind this post, which I elaborated in in the comments was like, look, I work with women between 18 and my oldest client is 84 years old. I do not see a difference in the rate of weight loss because of somebody's age. And Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a very, very, very long time, Mm -hmm. but And again, this isn't like a fault of the person who believes that because what does society tell us? Your age, that's the reason why you can't lose weight. It's your age. And then we start to make it an age thing, right? Like post-menopause. Yeah, yeah, and I have so many women in my program that are post-menopause losing weight like just as quickly as the ladies who are in their 20s and 30s. So like, I don't find that to be true. But what I do find to be true is somebody's belief about their age their belief mm. about their body so the post was really meant to say like everybody's bio-individual right mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna put people in a bucket and be like oh she's in her 50s so she gets this program right and it was really meant to be more of a liberation than uh dismissing of somebody's experience right so it really triggered some people and you know they just went off and and it's okay. Like what, you know, things that I've learned and, you know, and working on my own emotional intelligence, I can hold that. And I am not afraid to still speak my truth because it comes from a, a place of truly wanting to serve and help people. But yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think that like the higher we rise, like, I hate to even say it because it sounds negative, but I don't mean it in this way, but I do think the higher we rise, the more eyeballs on us, Mm. And the more eyeballs on us, just from a probability standpoint, mean that there's gonna be people that stumble upon your stuff that are gonna be like, "Who the hell does she think she is?"
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. I made
1: mean, uh, another the, one that's super. Oh, go ahead. i was just gonna say <laughs>
0: And like, the bigger your brand, the more they think you're probably not looking, and that they can just like throw shit at you and project, and yeah, totally. And that it doesn't totally. hurt or it doesn't, no, doesn't like doesn't affect you. Or... You don't see it, right? Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. totally, totally. Yeah, no, and you know, it. I mean, those things they, they do hurt in the in the moment. They're not ever easy to 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 see and to read. I'm not gonna pretend like they don't hurt. But years ago, I would have let them affect me for days, and now I'm just like, okay, like yeah. it stings a little, and then you write your response,
0: and then that's it, you know. So yeah, so, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. I think, and it brings up something like to come back to the fitness industry, like there's so much like um, just myths that are out there, you know, and like information that's not true. And like, yeah, I absolutely agree that, you know, post-menopause, it can be absolutely the same and um. I guess, yeah. And probably like look at you and I, like we've both been able to heal from a chronic hormone imbalance the way that we do things. We've both been able to like maintain a consistent weight. I'm like speaking mm-hmm. for you, sorry, but I'm just assuming. Oh, and right. yep. Yeah. And we, we're doing the way that we do it is completely different to most of the fitness industry. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of us out there, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially that message around like, um, you know, like over exercising, under eating leads to loss, weight loss. But no, it's like your body goes, I need to hold on to fat. I need to survive. And like you said, you know, shut down your menstrual cycle and and all of that. it's like, but explaining that to people, it's like, it's like it doesn't even go through. It doesn't even compute. They're like, no, you're. I don't know. It's a bit like saying that you don't need a big Instagram to have a successful business. And like, look at you, you're seven figures, right? And 4,000 Not followers. seven. <laughs> oh, I'm half, I'm like almost halfway there. <laughs> sorry. Multiple six, so no, 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 you said.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have a very, I have a small following under 5K and, you know, I'm between four and 500K a year. So, That's you incredible. know. incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but I think people need to hear that though. Like, yeah, yeah, you're under five thousand followers, and anyway, I've segued from fitness through to Instagram. It's like it's so <laughs> so many um similarities. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, with when it comes to uh, yeah, your messaging. Um, how did you find that like? developed did you have it really clear from the beginning and it hasn't changed much or has it changed quite a lot oh i definitely think it's
1: changed a lot um i would say like in the beginning like i think i when i read back when i read old blog posts and the old posts i used to make i think that i i was trying to fit into the fitness industry more so i used a little bit more of that masculine energy like Mm. let's go motivation da, da, da. and i i still weave that in but i do so in more of a way that i feel like the women who are drawn to me like how they how they need to hear it yeah it's right? like you're still
0: like, speaking their language cuz yeah. you know that is what they see of the fitness industry like yeah
1: yeah so over time it's definitely been refined like i really try to not say weight loss so much and i say like release weight or aligned body or your dream body or things like that. So I think that there are little like refinements that I've made along the way, both as I've grown and as I've, you know, over the years, my client, you know, has has changed and evolved. So it definitely has has changed over the years for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important point to anyone who's listening. Like you can, you know, mention the words and the phrases that are like known in your niche, but then still like utilize them in the way. It's almost like play the game a little bit so that you can still capture people, capture people, like draw them in, but speak their language. But then with your own phrasing, your own own lens kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's something I've done. I've kept coming back to in my business like because I'm always like I've got quite of like a rebellious undertone like I want to be over here saying something so different and then, but it doesn't really work in a marketing sense like <laughs> people are like what's, yeah. what's she doing over there <laughs> hey
1: I think if it comes from your heart it's brother probably, probably a reason for it right <laughs> yeah
0: exactly exactly yeah um oh I think like something that would be really relevant to the audiences. Um, yeah, like there's another myth in the coaching industry is that you have to be coaching coaches to make money. Would you be able to share your thoughts on that? Because I know you're quite a big boy, big voice in terms of that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was um really hard for me when I was starting my business to, you know, look at I believe in this idea of borrowed belief, right? Like if she can do it, I can do it. Right. Mm. Um, and it was hard for me to find people who weren't serving business coaches that were generating, um, you know, like, like multiple six figures, you know? Mm. So and and the people in the in, in the fitness industry that i found that were were very much in that fitness niche and it was more of like selling uh products to the masses which i think can be amazing but i love group and one-to-one coaching. Like I want to help people change their lives and walk them through that journey. Mm. So I had, I was like, I don't have a desire at this point in time to just have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of customers buying a product where they're walking themselves through it. I have a desire to work with a smaller number of women in a way that creates massive impact on them and and their life. So Mm. it was hard for me. I had to almost paved that way, you know, because I think as far as I I know, and I'm sure there are other women who are doing it and creating it. And I think that that's amazing. But at that time, I didn't know of anybody who was doing it in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had to generate my own self-belief. And I was like, well, like, I know that you know, there's money coaches out there doing it. You know, Amanda Francis was one that I think is is so awesome. And, you know, I would be like, she's, she has created, you know, amazing programs and she doesn't necessarily, she's not necessarily a direct business coach. And I'd look at like spiritual coaches and I look at like relationship coaches. One of my good friends is a relationship coach. So, I looked at almost other like industries that weren't directly serving the business community almost for that, you know, belief. So I could pave my own way, like in the the health and wellness industry. But yeah, I do think that it's a big myth. People will almost force themselves into, oh, I've got to be a business coach if I want to make money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you want to make money, you got to figure out what you're passionate about. And then you got to go with that right? Yeah. Like that's what you got to go with. That's where the alignment is going to come from. That people are going to be able to feel that people are going to be drawn to you because of that. But if you're in a certain niche, just because you think it's going to make you mm. the wealthiest, like
0: people are going to feel that, you know, and it's not going to feel good or fulfilling for you. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there's so much to talk about there. And like, like I shared with you, you know, I had a huge resistance to like coming into the business coaching space because I was like, despite having the expertise from corporate and communication skills and all of that, like it was a resistance, it was a resistance because I was like, oh, people will see me as like folding in and giving up and giving in and whatever. When it was like that was my resistance to be seen as doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I love what you said there about like borrowed belief though. And like, it's so important to, to have models of, of what's possible and um, especially to learn from them as well. Like, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, totally. mm. Because
1: that's the only way we know what's possible for us. Right. Mm. Like somebody has to, to do it. So why, you know, if she did it. Why can't you do it? You know? Yeah. So that's yeah, so important.
0: Yeah. And I think what you were picking up on there is like your business model is completely different to a lot of the fitness industry because yeah, like there's eBooks out there. Um, I mean, Kayla, it's science is really cool, but she does like, she started off with those like, ebooks and that kind of thing at like the low price points 10 bucks and now the app and that kind of thing um but it's just a different business model isn't it and like you yeah like I'm the same as you I decided to support people in a one-to-one basis and a smaller group and even masterminds like they're really appealing in terms of like you can get that that intimacy and that support and like provide that for people where the transformation really lies um in the way that we can do that yeah and I think practically like it's, you know, it is about finding people who are prepared to pay that little bit more for that kind of, and desire that kind of support as well. So. Hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that it's, you know, I think we all need coaches to be honest. I've I've always used a coach for the last probably like six years or more at this point, And I think that having that level of support is just, Like, it's just incredible because if we think about it, whether it's business or body transformation, there's no information shortage, right? Mm. And the information is not the the challenge here, right? Because why is it that in 2021, 97% of people who lose weight gain it back and 97% of businesses fail, right Right. this is an information problem this is a human experience and belief and overcoming fears and sticking it out when it feels hard challenge right and the way to overcome that and I believe the best way is that you look to other people who have achieved it and have that expertise and then they help you collapse time around achieving that outcome Mm
0: -mm. so yeah like grit that's what came to mind as you're speaking there like it's it's totally about grit. Yeah. I'd love to, as like a final question, touch on, you mentioned there, like you've worked with coaches over the last six years. Like what has been your experience of that in the coaching industry? Like, has it been all good, <laughs> all bad? <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
1: I've had amazing coaches and I've also had expensive lessons, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> that's the way that I look at it because even... The coaching experiences that did not pan out the way that I wanted to. I'm very adamant about not missing the lesson that was in there for me because there was one. Yeah. Um, one of my coaches I've been with for like four and a half years, and she's been such a source of stability. And I think that there's something to be said about going deep with somebody and not necessarily wide. And don't get me wrong, I've used other mentors along the way, but there is, you know, one, one of my coaches, I really, really feel like she continues to evolve herself. So I'm like, okay, like she's a few steps ahead of me. Like I want to like keep that. And she knows me so well. So there's yeah. something really beautiful about going deep with somebody over a long period of time, because, they know you and you know them and they know where you started from. When I started with, um, my coach, her name's Lacey. When I started with Lacey, um, I was like, you know, like this bright eyed, like I just came here with my parents, like help. What do I do? And now she's, you know, seen me grow. You know, I had a quarter million dollar year in 2019 and then, you know, 400 K the next year and this year, at least that. So it's just like, it's cool to like have somebody who's been with you, you know, since that experience. And then, yeah, I've had, um, you know, expensive lessons. And, um, I take, I think that the one thing and the one thing that kind of doesn't sit well with me in the coaching industry is that there's this like desire to blame a coach for an outcome that you didn't, Think was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think when we do that, we really give up our power. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I hire a coach that's going to help me reach a million dollars, um, but I don't reach a million dollars, is it really their fault? Like, what about everything mm-hmm. that I did or didn't do? Right. Mm-hmm. So I really just what what doesn't sit right with me. And of course, if somebody doesn't deliver their, you know, coaching services and you've paid, that's a different, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about gave you everything. They walked you through it, but it didn't happen. Right. Mm. It's like, you know, we have to take ownership of our decisions and our investments because that's truly like leadership in my opinion. And that's, you know, what's going to make you really successful when you don't allow these kind of circumstances or things that happen to you, hold you down or leave a bitter, you know,
0: stain in your heart. Yeah. I think we, we get better at choosing coaches as well. Like I know that I've got more like savvy at that. I know like, yeah, like what questions to ask, what to look at on their sales page. Like, you know, exactly like you, well, also another aspect is like going into something expecting like, I don't know, say you're expecting 2 million, but they've only said they'll get you to 1 million and like, that's an extreme example, but, but yeah, that wasn't like within the contract. It wasn't within the scope of what they said they would help you do. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
1: totally. Totally. You know, I think it's important, you know, no, no coach. I mean, if we think about it, like no lawyer can guarantee they'll win you a lawsuit, right? No weight loss coach can guarantee you'll lose five pounds in a certain amount of time because at the end of the day, you got to do the work, right? Mm. No doctor can guarantee that they're going to cure you, right? So I I think that an immense amount of ownership for our own experience is really, really important.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Wonderful. So, um, Jamie, how can the audience find you and what have you got coming up as well?
1: Yes, so I actually just redid my website so I can finally send some people there. It's not from, like, 2017. Um, so, yeah, congratulations.
0: I know how, <laughs> like painful. It is.
1: <laughs> it is, Yes, but, but, uh, this woman, Chelsea did an amazing job and it, it looks great. Um, and you can find me there. I have a lot of resources on there. I also have ways to work with me. I am doing a holiday special that I'll announce on my Facebook page, um, that my program will come with a bonus. I'm very excited about that. So keep an eye, um, there and feel free. If anyone wants to reach out, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram.
0: Um, and yeah, I'd love to chat. Amazing, amazing. Yes. Jamie's the only personal training industry talking any sense. So. Oh, thank, you. So <laughs> thank you. Are you mostly on you're more on Facebook than on Instagram then?
1: I mean, I would say both, you know. Yeah. Um I po I I post more on Facebook, but I'm definitely very active on Instagram as well. So Wonderful cool thank you so much thank you so much it was so great chatting
0: thank you so much for listening to today's episode i'm so excited that you're here i'm so excited that you continue to listen and we grow this inner glow getter community the best place to follow along and make sure you never miss an episode is to be following me on Instagram at Kayla.Benson. I can't wait to connect with you all very, very, very soon in the next episode of The Inner Glow Getter. Lots of love.